There is a light that burns in the darkness There is a hope that washes the fear away There is a peace that settles around us There is a Father, we're on our knees With every heartbeat we bring you this offering And Lord, come and fill this place Father, we're crying out Spirit, we need you now Glorious love surrounds us Lord, come and fill this place. There is a king that brings in victory. There is a mercy strong enough to save. We feel it rising up from the ashes. There is a love that overcame the grave. There is a love that overcame the grave. Father, we're on our knees with every heartbeat. We bring you this offering.
Every war he wages, he will win. 
turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the worship when when 
that death came to pronounce judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, God allowed his people, Lot, to escape. It wasn't brought on his people. When you think about when the plagues were coming against uh, Egypt, when God was trying to set his people free, the Israelites free in Egypt, what did God tell them to do? He says, take a lamb, sacrifice it, take the blood post and put it over the doors of my people. That represents the life. That life was given a sacrifice for the sin. How many of you know that Jesus already died for our sins on the cross now? So there's no more animal sacrifices that, that need to be done. But the same, the same power and protection that was over the Israelites in Egypt when the plagues were coming can be on your life today. As instead of applying on the doorpost, the doorpost represents you, yourself, right? Jesus says in Revelations, Behold, I knock at the door. He's talking about your heart, you as a person. He's not talking about a, spirit, uh, a physical house. And we, I believe that God would want us to anoint you. If you want to be anointed, we're going to, in a few minutes here, we're going to ask you to come down this center aisle. And we're going to anoint you. And it's like putting the blood the protection of the Lord. The anointing represents the presence of God, that God's going to protect you and your household, but not only protect you, I want you to know that you can have total peace through this. Amen. Can I tell you something? Maybe you need to turn off the news. Maybe you need to turn off the news and open the Bible so you could get peace from God, that you need to worship God and not focus you know whatever has your complete attention is gonna is gonna that's where you where you're gonna go and i need to take my eyes off of that still being vigilant of what's going on but focus on god and have peace in god because he's the god of peace amen and we're gonna ask whoever wants to come up you don't have to but we're just gonna anoint you and you could stay up and worship or just make your way back to your seat we're going to anoint you with all, and we're believing that God will not only protect you, but your house and your household, amen, that will be covered. Because one, only one doorpost needed to be uh, uh, put the blood on, and the whole family was protected, amen. So as we get ready, you, uh, we're going to be worshiping to a song called Surrounded, This Is How I Fight My Battles. See, we're not going to fight it naturally. We're going to let God fight the battle. This is how we're going to fight this battle. God's going to give us supernatural peace to go through all the things that, that this world has gone. And we're going to be a light in this world, in this time that's gone on. And then we're, we're believing right now that God's going to move. Stretch your hands up right now. Let me just speak a, a prayer, a blessing over you right now. Father, I just come to you right now. Father, I lift up each and every believer in this place right now, Father God. I pray divine protection over their life, Father God. I pray divine peace over their life right now, Father God. That they be free from uh, this sickness that's going around, Father God. That they be free from the fear of it, Father. That we could live a life with peace, Father God, as we trust in you. And we know that the battle belongs to the Lord. Father, we, we, we take refuge in you right now, Father God. Our safe place, Father, because we know you are around us. We know the blood of Jesus covers us all and washes us all, Father. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to, I'm not leaving our worship team out. I'm going to start wor- anointing them with all. And as Brother Jerry's going to start anointing you with all. He has them all there. Uh, sound booth, those upstairs, come on out. Worship him this morning. Just come down the center out.
my hands lifted high. Because my praise is a weapon today. My praise, my worship is a weapon today to fight off the enemy. Your praise, it's a weapon. Come on. This is how I fight. Oh, this is how I fight. And this is how I fight my battles. 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 Come on, declare it today. Declare victory in Jesus' name. Instantly, as you declare and you 
worship Jesus. Your praise is a weapon today. Your praise, your worship is a weapon today. It's mighty the pulling down of strongholds. It's mighty in Jesus. When you declare the name of Jesus, it's mighty, it's mighty, it's powerful. You are so good, and your ways are always good. You don't change who you are, you have always been good, so you're always gonna be. Spirit to overflow, to 
every day for three weeks. I just, all that was on my mind was that I had to kill myself. And I was being tortured by the thought that I wasn't going to be able to make it. I was admitted to a psych ward. My mom and husband had to bring me. As, as hard as that was, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I wanted to say to anybody that's going through anything like that, don't give up hope. With the enemy has tried to bring the evil, God comes to do for good. Do not give up hope. You can overcome. You can get through this. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Out of, out of the horror that she went through in December, God turned what the enemy meant for evil into good. Her, my wife, and my other daughter, Megan, have a Facebook page with over 600 people now called Mental Illness in My Faith. Just the other week, they helped someone get help that was thinking of committing suicide. That if that page wasn't there, who knows where that person would be right now. You know, just because you're going through something bad doesn't mean the outcome is not going to be greater. You see, Jesus went through something bad on the cross, but it turned out, right? Only God could take a death and turn it into a resurrection. Amen. Only God could take a death and turn it into a resurrection. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together. Amen. Brother Jerry, come on up here and share with us this morning. share some facts about the coronavirus that a lot of people don't know. You know, symptoms can be like a common cold, but it's very contagious. Common flu have a chance to spread and pass to eight people. If one person has a flu, they can give it to eight people. Coronavirus has a chance to spreading it to 40 people. Very aggressive. Can last up to 14 days. It attacks people with weak immune systems. That's the ones who really are are having issues. 97% of the people will be okay. 4% will not. 3 to 4% will not be okay. So it is a serious matter, but it's nothing to bring fear upon you. People who will get it, 80% won't have major problems, but 20% will show symptoms. So I believe even the death fatality percentage is way lower than we even realize. The debt rate for the flu is about one in a thousand, could be more. And, and this is a, a medical registered nurse who runs a facility that's also a pastor that gave this information over the weekend. And I confirmed it with Kevin Bankston, who's my personal nurse. <laughs> Coronavirus, one in 33. 
pass away. Basically, unnecessary travel. You don't have to go, don't go. Huge gatherings. If you don't have to go, don't go. Don't touch your face, your eyes. Wash your hands regularly. Use sanitizer. Kevin said people are going to have a problem with this one. Be smart. Use common sense. We take risk every day. But you know what? To me, going to church is a necessity. It's a necessity. And Psalms 91 says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. And He shall cover me with His feathers as... And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that flies by the day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destructions that lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand by at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and to see the and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high in your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest your you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon lions and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. President Trump has declared today a national day of prayer. And I believe as a church and as a body, we need to pray for this nation. We need to pray for this world because the, we only going to have one or two things. We're going to have fear or we're going to have faith. We're not going to have both. And I'm not going to allow fear to cancel out my faith. No matter what the world says, I'm trusting in the Lord. And let's pray as a church together right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. Father, you control it all. And Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that this coronavirus stops in its track. We plead the blood of Jesus over this community. We plead the blood of Jesus over this church. We plead the blood of Jesus over the people that are here, over our United States of America. And Lord, over the world, Lord God, that you knew the end from the beginning. And Lord, we come to you and we ask for help, Lord God. And even as a church body, Lord, we, we repent to you for the things we've done and haven't done, Father. And Lord, we ask humbly that you meet with us, Lord God. And Father, that you get the glory for it all. You get the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. I'll read the scripture of my message, and then, Aliska, you can have a seat. You've been standing long enough. The feet must be hurting. 2 Samuel 6, 12. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Eden and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God 
So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Eden to the city of David with gladness. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I pray that you bless your people. Anoint the ears and the heart to receive. Anoint my lips of clay to deliver what you've given me, Father Lord. Lord, I hide behind the cross today as I deliver your word, Lord. Satan, the blood of Jesus against you from stopping anyone from receiving the word in Jesus' name. Amen. And the kids can go to church. The kids can go. I got my sign. You know, let me just give you a little history about this right here. David was upset at God because David, the ark was taken and the whole reign of Saul, they, he operated Israel without the presence of God. So, so when David got to become king, one thing he was going to do is, is get the presence of God back to Israel. I, I don't know about you, but I can't go a day without the presence of God in my life. And so what he done was they done it their way. They built a cart, did all these great things, put the ark on it, exactly how God didn't want them to do it. It's kind of like our lives a lot of times. We, we do things premature, and then we go to the Scripture and say, okay, God, well, how do you want me to do it? Anyway, God caused the ox to stumble. The ark fell. God touches it. He dies. All of a sudden, the 30,000, 30-something thousand people stopped in a halt because they got a guy dead. David says, take the ark and bring it somewhere else. I don't want it. So it ended up in Obed-Edom's house. And David's in Jerusalem, upset at God, won't talk to God because he killed one man. That's where we're at here. So one day, somebody walks into David's house and says, hey man, Obed-Edom's blessed. Everything he touches is blessed. All his, his girls are pregnant. His crops are bigger than everybody else's crops. And David said, you know what? It's time that I go and get the presence of God back. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we, we, we end up doing things our own way, and we end up stepping back from the presence of God. I believe it's time that the church, when everyone else is laying down, that we stand up and seek the presence of God back. Because if we don't have the presence of God, how are we going to help those that are in fear? It's the presence of God that's going to cast away. It's the love of God that's going to cast all fear and all doubt. So they brought back this box. A box. It's time we begin to think inside the box again. You know, so many times we're taught, well, think outside the box. Think outside the box. And we have dreams. We have all these aspirations for our life. And we forget the things God gave us inside of our box. You know, sometimes we're so focused and programmed to think outside the box that we miss exactly what God is doing now. Oh, we, we, he's going to do this in the future. He's going to do that sometime. We're going to see a great revival. But what is he doing now in your life? I, I know I, I want to see revival. I want to see this bayou change. I don't want to see people who are hooked on drugs and, and continue their lifestyle. But what are we going to do now to reach at least one? Because we seem to tend to have the masses. We want the masses. But so God, inside the box, Hebrews 9, 3 to 5, he said what was exactly inside the box. And that's what God worked with, with what was inside the box. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, 
which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, the tablets of the covenant, and above it were the cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot speak in detail. You know, one of the first things they had in there was, was Aaron's rod. And, and, you know, it's the same rod that Aaron used to turn the Egyptian river into blood. It was the same rod that Aaron used to call frogs and gnats to come into Egypt. It was the same rod that when he threw it down in front of Pharaoh, it turned to a snake. Then the Magi turned their rods down and theirs turned to a freight, a snake. It was the same rod that ate up those snakes. That was one of the things that was in the Ark of the Covenant. It was the, the rod of Aaron. And, and a lot of times, I believe that, that we forget that that was power to transform. And you see, when, when you come to Christ, Jesus, when you accept Him and surrender your whole life to Him, He has the power to transform you. If, if we don't believe that He can transform, why do we even witness? Why do we even share the gospel with those who are bound? You know, our greatest testimony is where God took us from, where He brought us and where we're going. Thank God I'm not the guy that, that, that is still on drugs. Thank God I'm not the guy that I used to be. Why? Because of the transformation and the power of Jesus Christ and what He done on the cross for me. You know, in, in, in Jeremiah, the beginning of a new era is the brink of a new era. In Jeremiah, in one chapter 1, verse 11, it says, In the brink of a new era, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? What do we see today? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And he said, I see a boiling pot and it is facing away from the north. So what he saw was an almond branch and a seething pot. I'm here to let you know we have two sides in the United States of America. In the midst of corruption, I believe God is wanting to bring forth a church that is budding. He's wanting to bring forth a church in the midst of everything that's bad. He wants to do the miraculous. With all my heart, I believe it. Well, you say, what's the greatest miracle of raising the dead? Uh, someone walking out of a wheelchair? To me, the greatest miracle is someone who was on their way to hell and God transformed their heart. Sometimes we, we take miracles and we say, we want to see the miracle. Thank God for the miracle that's happening in her kidneys. And, and I love that. But to me, I think Jesus was more concerned about people being whole than healed. Do you know everybody Jesus healed died? Everyone Jesus prayed for that he healed ended up dying. Well, he was more concerned about someone being whole than healed. That's why he went find the man in the temple at the pool of Bethesda and said, bro, stop sinning unless something worse happens to you. Well, what can be worse than being paralyzed for 38 years? Going to hell? Just because someone gets healed doesn't mean they're whole and know Christ. 
So we see here he has the power to transform. You know, we have authority no matter what the enemy says. No matter what this, 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 this COVID-19 says, we got power over the enemy. Now, be wise. Don't go and just lick everything and put your hands on everything. Be smart about it. Use wisdom. Say, oh, God told me that I could drink poison and it ain't going to hurt me. Don't tempt God. He's still God. He's still God. You know, don't ever make a permanent decision over a temporary circumstance. Don't, just don't do it. Then what, what else was in there? He had the manna. We're talking about what was in the box. Think inside the box. There was the manna. Manna came down from heaven and fed the children of Israel in the desert every day. But you know the thing about the manna is it only lasted for a little while, then it melted. Only lasted for a little while. I believe God wants us to go. All these people that are hoarding everything. Man, imagine if this virus caused diarrhea. Would there be no more nasal spray? I mean, what, what in the world? It, 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 you know, and everybody wants to. And I believe God's saying, hey, look to me for your source. But the thing is this. The manna inside the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant under the mercy seat never melted. I believe we need to continually stay under His mercy and His grace. Why? Because that mercy is what's going to sustain us. The manna was their substance and sustained them. The, the rod was what transformed them and had power to transform, but also the manna is what sustained them. I believe every day we need to wake up and say, God, give me my daily bread because I need substance for today. I, I can't live on... Last year's gumbo. I need fresh gumbo today. I need fresh manna today. And it's the power to sustain us. You know, the, the, we're talking about the presence of God now. The presence of God. You know, in, in, in Exodus 18.31, uh, 16.31, I'm sorry, the, the Bible says, and the house of Israel called its name manna, and it was like white coriander seed, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Tasted like honey. Isn't that amazing? That it even, manna tasted like honey, like wafers. But later on you look, God changed the ingredients and put a little oil in there. I believe that we need the oil of the Holy Spirit in our lives to conduct every day in our life. I believe our comforter and our peace needs to come today and say, it don't matter what everybody else is doing. Do, do, can you imagine that something brought so much fear into people's lives that it shut everything down? When everything else shuts down, that's when we need to stand up and say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. When everything else ain't working, that's when we got to stand up and say, I got the hope for a hopeless situation. Let me give you some manna. But you see, God is bringing us back to his powerful word. When David recovered the ark back from either the Philistines who took it, or some may even say the Israelites took it, if you do deep study on it. I think it was the Philistines. When he opened up the box... You know what was left in the box? Nothing but the second edition of the law. The rod was gone and the manna was gone. 
What do you do when you don't feel God's power? When you feel like there's not enough to sustain you with manna? Is the word of God enough? Is the word of God enough? But you know, this time, when, when he got the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, they did a four-mile journey, and every six steps, two, three, four, five, six, stop, they sacrificed. They killed an animal, and they worshiped every six steps. They did that for four miles. That's estimated over 1,300 sacrifices. I'm here to let you know that, you know, you may smell like smoke. You may be a little bloody, but I'm here to let you, you can't go far from the presence of God without stopping and giving him honor and glory and praise for what he's done. And when David hit the city of Jerusalem, and when he got there, he began to rejoice like no other person. Why? Because the presence of God was back in Jerusalem. You know, it, it don't matter that we come into a four walls of a building. Are you carrying the presence of God wherever you go? This time he did it right. He did it right. God is bringing us back to the word. Every six steps they stopped and did a sacrifice and worship. Can we worship when the word is all we have? When your marriage may seem like it's failing, when your kids seem like they've gone nuts, when just everything ain't working out, is the word enough to bring us to our knees to continue to worship God? The Bible says heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my word shall remain. Listen. Everything God breathed into lasts forever. He breathed into man. Man's a living soul forever. He breathed, Timothy said, into the Word of God. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit and it has life power to change. When the Word's all you got, that's all you need. When the Word is all you got, that's all you need. You know, they, they were, the, the, the children of Israel were a little crazy. They were, they were bipolar. You know, one day they're happy, the next day they're sad. One day they're happy, the next day they're sad. Well, here they come and they said, who in the world gave you and Moses the authority to be our leaders? And there was an argument. So Moses went to each tribe, all the tribes, and got the staffs and says, we're going to settle this. We're going we're gonna to sleep on it. And they set all the staffs in front of the Ark of the Covenant. They all went to bed. Over a million people that was questioning the authority of who was in charge. They wake up the next morning and they walk into the tabernacle. And when they got, when these 12 priests got to the Ark of the Covenant, they picked up Aaron's and it had budded with almonds overnight. Budded with almonds overnight. Something you don't understand about an almond tree. A good almond tree takes five years to produce one almond. And in 24 hours, Aaron's rod budded with almonds on it. I'm here to let you know, when you go to bed at night, that doesn't mean God's not, he's sleeping and not working on your behalf. Things can change in your life overnight when you set it before God's throne. When you put it there and leave it there, things can change overnight in your situation. 
But the issue is, is that we don't set it there and leave it there. We set it there and say, God, do what you need to do. And you waiting, holding on to it. And before you leave that throne, you kind of walk out and it's still in your hand. God is saying you need to leave it at my throne and go to bed. Because while you're resting and sleeping, I'm going to work on your situation. I'm going to do something that nobody thought that I could do or that can happen in your life. But we got to let it go. We got to let it go. 24 hours. They said, all right, y'all good, man. You're good. You're the the chief. You're good. Because they knew that God spoke. What is going on in your life that you need to bring it to God and just leave in his presence and leave at the altar? What is in your box that God gave you to work with? What did he place in your box? We, we, we look at our dreams and our visions, but sometimes we fail to look at what God gave us in the box. We keep it closed. You know, oh, there's nothing in the box. There's just nothing. There's nothing that God has for me in that box. Man, I got, oh my goodness, I got to go. I'm, a, I'm, I'm jumping down to the, to the end. I'm, oh boy, all right. Uh, what is in the box? When Jesus, when J- John was beheaded and the disciples came from going on missions works, told Jesus everything they said and done, Jesus said, let's go, let's get away, let's go on vacation. And they went, and then 5,000 men showed up, not counting the women and children. At that point in time, Jesus healed, ministered all day long, all day long. But at the end, the disciples saw the people as a problem, and Jesus saw them as sheep without a shepherd. We are among so many. What do we see people as? And then Jesus, in, in Matthew 14 and 19, this is not an expository preaching. I, I'm, I'm, we, we, we do in a, uh, we do in a topic. What's in your box? Box. He took the five loaves and the two fish Where did he get the five loaves and the two fish from? From someone that wasn't even counted. They only count the men. You know, sometimes God's going to use somebody that's ignored. Sometimes God's going to use somebody that nobody thought he had a chance to do anything. Somebody gave to Jesus that wasn't even counted in the group. That's for somebody right there. And... In fact, let me go up to John 6, 4. I've got to read this one before I read that one. Now, the Passover, Passover is next month. I believe with all my heart that this coronavirus will be settled by Passover. I believe it with all my heart, with all my heart. Now, the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat. What did Jesus say next? But this he said to test him. Whoa. For he himself knew what he would do. So first of all, the little boy 
that must have been a good little boy because I don't know any teenager that would have gave up his meal. He'd have been like, I think it would have been eaten while Jesus was preaching. That's a miracle that he still had the meal. You know what I'm saying? So, so, but, but, but he knew the end from the beginning. He was just testing Philip. So what you're going through right now, Jesus already knows the end from the beginning. All he's doing is testing you. Oh, so are we going to allow our circumstances to make fear come out? Or are we going to say, by faith I walk and by faith I live and by God's word we are going to make it because his word says we will. The boy with the loaves and the fishes brought what was in his box. He took what was in his box. What is in your box? You know, the, the word is all we need. Listen, listen to this. The word is all we need to activate possible to impossible. Miracles begin when you recognize what you have. God can't multiply what you don't recognize. Miracles begin to happen when you recognize what you got and you offer it to God. Oh, I've got to hurry up this. Now Matthew 14, 19. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he what? Blessed and broke, and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave it to the multitudes. He blessed something that was not enough. He blessed it, and blessing is in the breaking. If you want to be used by God, you say, oh God, bless me. But the blessing comes with the testing, and the testing comes with the breaking. The breaking comes with the testing. So if you say, oh God, use me, get ready to get tested, till you to the point of being broken. Well, you say, why does God have to break me? Because we all got a little bit pride in us that got to be knocked down. So he put circumstances in our life to test us to the point to where our pride breaks. And then we're down to nothing, which means God is up to something. Because it's when you are weak that he is strong. See, he blessed something that was not enough. He blessed it. If you refuse to be broken, you refuse to be blessed. Until we're thankful for the not enough, then what we have will be multiplied to the more than enough. Even if he don't give us what we want, expect, because you know what he's going to give you if you bless what you have? He's going to give you peace. See, a lot of times people pray for something that's out of God's will. And when they don't get it, they get upset at God. But God didn't give it to you because it wasn't his will for you to have it. I mean, look, there's not everybody that's going to get a million dollars. Not everybody that's going to be earthly rich. I mean, think about it. If it was, who would pick up your garbages on Wednesday and Saturday or Tuesday and, thir and, and where, Thursday or whatever, whenever it is? We Wednesday and Saturday. Who would do that? Man, I got all the money I need. I ain't got to go pick up garbage. Who, who would do the services that serve you if everybody was meant to be rich on earth? It might not be in God's will. So when we pray something, Lord, if it is your will, then allow me to have it. If it is your will then send it to me. See, we get upset at God for a bunch of stuff that wasn't even in his will for us to begin with. 
And then if you beg him enough, he might just give it to you. And then later on down the road, that same promise came with all them problems. I mean, come on, let's face it. Every promise God gives has problems. I mean, he promised my wife she would have a husband. He promised us we'd have kids. He promised me that new job. Two years later, the thing you prayed for that God promised you, you're like, I'm ready to quit. I just didn't know it would come with all these problems. And he promised me grandkids. I never found anything wrong with the grandkids. That is a true promise without problems. Because we can just send them home. We don't get to see all them problems. But all the things we pray for, God will give it to us. But those things come with issues, testing, problems. How are we handling that? Even if you don't give what is expected, even if he don't give you what you expect, he will give you peace. Think about this. Paul prayed three times for that thorn to be taken away. Three times. Paul, the apostle Paul, prayed to God to heal him. And God said, Paul, this is not in the Bible. This is me. Don't get upset. Paul, God looked down and said, Paul, if I take that from you, you may get prideful. So I believe I'm going to keep that thorn in your side to keep you humble. I'm going to keep that thing in you just so you know you need me to do what you do on earth. Sometimes God sends things in our lives to humble us so we could realize that we need him and nobody else. Imagine that. Listen, I'm closing. When he broke it, he blessed it. And then the miracle started. But the first thing he had to do was break it. When, when I fought to go into ministry, my, my best friend, Jonah, you called to preach? I said, I ain't called to preach. I'm called to be a church. You called to be a good church member. Pay my tithes. You need, you need some cleaning done. You need this done. I'll, I'll be a wonderful person. I'll support the pastor in every way. Whatever needs to be done. He said, no, you called to preach. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not called to preach. And one of the reasons why I didn't want to, Pastor Scott, is because I knew that he would break me. I knew that he would take me through things that I wouldn't want to wish on anybody because that's what God does. You know, y'all just got married. He's going to break y'all, man. Y'all been broken separately as a couple, as single people, and then you come together and y'all like, okay, God, use us. You still in your honeymoon phase? <laughs> Amen. But as a couple, he will break you, man. In this life, ye shall have trouble. But don't worry, Jesus said, I've overcome the world. And my spirit that uh, raised me is in you. And you're going to overcome everything that comes to break you. It won't kill you. Because when in the breaking comes the blessing. And they sat him down at 50, a group. 
And as he broke it, he blessed it, and he continued to give the bread and the fish and the bread and the fish and the bread and the fish and the, till they picked up 12 baskets of scraps after it was all said and done. Somebody can enlighten me who's a theologian in here as to why did they have 12 baskets of scraps when God knew exactly how many people was there. You know, maybe he just wanted to show that he's just not the God of enough. He's the God of more than enough. God, if I can just have this much money to pay my bills, and he said, why don't you ask for more? If my kids could just be good kids to contribute to the society, why don't we ask for more? He's the God of more than enough. And maybe that's out of context. I'm not sure. I looked for a long time. Why did they have 12 baskets over? I believe with all my heart at this point in time that God is mandating the church to stand up when all sports arenas are empty today, when every single place is empty, God is saying, who are they going to look to for hope? Toilet paper at Walmart? If I can just get my toilet paper, it's going to give me hope. Are you serious? Maybe the churches should be flooded instead of Walmart being flooded because the only true hope is in Jesus. But you see what fear does? Timothy says, God did not give me a what? Spirit. What's the first thing Jesus said we'd have power to do? Cast out spirits. So when that spirit tries to come and bring fear, the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you're not even going to get close to me. Because if fear can grab you, it cancels out your faith. And then you at Walmart with the rest of them. My toilet paper. <laughs> this thing don't even give you loose bowels. If it gave you loose bowels, would you run out of nasal spray? I mean, would they go attack the nasal spray? I don't know. But fear makes you do stuff that don't make sense. That's the enemy that causes confusion. God's not the author of confusion. He's the author of faith. We live by faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. How are we going to get through this? Faith in Jesus Christ. Not in me, I'm no one. I'm just someone God chose to use. Who questions him a lot sometimes. Why are you still using me? <laughs> most of the time I find most people who are called to preach don't want to preach. They do the, the Jonah syndrome. Taking a boat. I'm going to go somewhere else. By the way, where's your boat going? Is it going in the will of God? Or is it going somewhere else? Because you all got a purpose. Good pur make that message, Pastor. I want to hear you preach it. Where is your boat going today? In all seriousness, if we could stand. Uh, we, we had altar call already. I'm, I'm not going to redo it. If you didn't get anointed with oil, if you want to come after, we'll anoint you with oil. And, and that's, that's no problem. But don't let fear of this pandemic 
that is taking our nation by storm get on you. Don't do what everybody else does. Do what God's word says to do. When everybody else is attacking the stores, get in God's word and say, God, my hope is in you because you're going to give me my daily bread. You're going to give me what I need. And, and if we run out of toilet paper, we'll get one of them toilets that shoot water up. Whatever we got to do. I mean, I don't think we're going to run out of water down here in Bayou Lafourche. That's a, a big supply, big water table. I mean, it might feel weird, but you'll get used to it, I'm, I'm sure. People in France use it. But we can't allow fear. Where? We can't allow fear to overtake this. And I want to pray against the spirit of fear right now. And I want to, I want to uh, uh, activate faith in your life. So bow our heads, close your eyes, and we'll pray. Father, we come against this spirit of fear right now. Satan, you can no longer bring fear to your children. We bind the strong man in the name of Jesus. Fear will not run this community because the church is fixing to stand up and be the hope for everyone in this community. And Lord, just like you, you gave that rod to Aaron, which was a power to transform. Lord, if you choose us to, to do miracles, Lord, let it be for your glory and that people come to Jesus Christ, not for anything else. And Father, I pray that fate would rise up in this body of children today, in this body of people. Lord, that your fate would rise up, that we would walk out not being fearful in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here and you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior and you would like to receive Christ today, I just want you to raise your hand. If you've known Jesus and you've just walked away completely and you say, today I want to recommit to Christ, I want to recommit myself to Him, I want you to raise your hand. I won't call you up, I'll just pray for you. I see those hands, I see them, I see them. Amen, amen. If you'll just pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I come to you today. I humble myself in your presence. I ask that you forgive me for all my sins. I believe that you died, and three days later, you rose from the grave. This day forth, I choose to follow you. I choose to follow your commands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. God bless you all. If you want to be anointed with all, I want you all to come up. Um, and also, if you have not been baptized, March 25th, sign up and, and you can be baptized. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.